0: Well, if you're a parent and have said the biggest challenge isn't cigarettes, isn't the gang at school, it's screens, screens. How do I raise my kid and not lose them to iPhones, iPads, computer screens, etc.? Well... Gene Twangy is an author who has a book called Generations The Real Differences Between Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Boomers, and Silence, and What They Mean for America's Future. In addition to the book, I Gen, and Gene joins us on the program. Hi, Gene. Hello. Thank you for coming on with us. So, I am personally dealing with a lot of very young children. And I have noticed that a lot of parents who have young kids give them screens, give them little iPhones, starter iPhones even, when they're like one and a half, two years old. And by the time they're three or four, their heads are down. And I like to say like they're never looking up again. Does the problem with screens and children begin with how early you let them have access to it?
1: There's some new study suggesting that that's the case, that – The younger kids got smartphones, the worse off they were in terms of mental health. And in general, you know, screen time for toddlers and preschool age kids like you're talking about, you know, an hour or two it's not a big deal. But once it gets beyond that and they become more dependent on the screen and it starts to crowd out time for more beneficial things like running around outside, that's when there's issues.
0: It of course, extends all the way up through school and even into uh, high school and college and now it seems like we're we're having a lot of effect of, of of even socialization that there are people who actually prefer to stay inside and check their screens than this is during the social years you know the teenage social years the college social years prefer to stay inside and check their screens and then go out and actually experience something with other people. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been doing this work on generational differences for a long time since uh, I was pretty young myself as an undergraduate and really striking changes between, uh, especially between millennials born 1980, 1994 and Gen Z born 1995 to 2012 so that's today's teens and young adults and right in that generational shift that's what happened teens started spending a lot more time online and a lot less time with their friends face-to-face whether that was hanging at just hanging out casually or going to movies or going to the mall or driving around in the car like all the things that teens have done for decades right Gen Z does those less. They just don't hang out with each other as much face-to-face, probably because they're doing that on social media.
0: Yeah, there's a paragraph that I believe you wrote. Uh, 12th graders now are more like 8th graders from previous generations, waiting longer to take part in activities associated with independence and adulthood they are less likely to go out with friends, drive, go to prom, or drink alcohol than Gen X 12th graders were. They are more likely to lie on their beds and scroll through endless social media feeds. They may be physically safer, but the long-term effect on their mental health and brain health is a big question mark. Now, that's a that's a really important point because there are parents who might feel like, well, you know, my kid's not out drinking, my kid's not out partying, so this is... You know, this is good. Uh, you know, they're in the room. I know where they are. But but if they're in their room on their bed, like you see, just scrolling through endless social media feeds. First of all, their brain may be getting a lot more poison than what they, they would have been putting in their system if they were out at a, at a prom. But but secondly, mental health and brain health is it, it's not served by staying inside, even though it may look safer.
1: Yeah, so you know, this is a generational trend that, you know, has more trade offs. There's some positives to this too. And something that's really affected all generations. So it's called the slow life strategy. It means because we live longer, that the whole developmental trajectory has slowed down from infancy to old age. So we have teens who are less likely to get their driver's license and go out. We also have young adults taking longer to marry and have children. We have older adults who look and feel younger than their parents or grandparents did at the same age. It's the 60 is the new 50 type of idea. And I think it's it's created a lot of generation gaps where I'm Gen X parents. I'm a Gen Xer myself. I have teenagers where we're like, wait a second, why are you not out with your friends? Um, And even though we knew we did some things we weren't supposed to, like have sex and drink alcohol when we were teens, we're grateful our teens aren't doing that, but we also feel a lot of sadness and concern that they're not having those experiences with independence and right. that they are in their room instead of, you know, out with their friends. Sure. So how does this,
0: it's, how, it's how does this, how does this push sort of the bookend of, of life out? If, and if today's 12th grader is more like what we used to think of an eighth grader, Does that then mean that by the time that they go to college or they're 21, 22, they're really just sort of exploring stuff that we used to do when we were 15 or 16? Does it mean when they are out in the working world as 22, 23, 24, 25-year-olds that they're really acting like summer interns uh, in terms of the naivete and all that? Does it kind of continue as they get older because they were so far behind when they were younger?
1: It does, and that's the challenge because they still have to enter the workplace and they still, you know, go off to college, and they just don't have as many experiences with independence or with decision-making. So, hmm. you know, a lot of companies, a lot of managers who hire young employees, you know, the, especially some of the big accounting firms, they now not just recruit those 22-year-olds, they send the recruiting materials to their parents. <laughs> oh, wow. My God.
0: If- if any of my employers had any ever sent anything to my parents to try to get me to take a job i 'm not sure how I would <laughs> take that, but you know as you 're speaking, i can I, it's it addresses the fact that so many of what we call wait a minute you 're a professional now you're an adult you're young going act like children at the workplace i 'm not safe i don't feel so it's a kind of thing that you expect a a child to say, but now you're explaining it very well is so that they're in they're – in, chronologically, they're at a certain age, body-wise and looks-wise. They, they're you know, growing full beards and fully grown, and all. That. But, but they're acting in many ways immaturely because they did not develop on account of these screens. They're very adept at screen work, and that's where they go to do most of their complaining – is through the internet and through twitter and 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 the internal communications of a company and all the rest of it but is that why we're seeing so many of these kind of workplace issues where you have like older 50 60 year old uh, CEOs and vice presidents saying, I don't get it, you know, uh, since when is it our job to make sure that you are safe and secure and never hear anything bad and have milk and cookies every day and a room where you can go, that you can pound the walls if you're frustrated, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's always been generational gaps at work, but they do seem especially large now. And some of it, you're right, around these ideas about safety that it came from a good place. We need to protect kids. We need to protect teens. And it's interesting, though. This young generation has not rebelled against that. They have embraced it, and they've taken it to the next level, where it's Uh not just about physical safety. It's also about what they call emotional safety. And that's when managers go, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah,
0: yeah, most managers. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, Gene Twenge is the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids, are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood and what that means for the rest of us. You do have a tendency to have some very long book titles, I've noticed. I <laughs> know. <laughs> do I they know. fit that no, all they, on the cover?
1: <laughs> they do, you know, small fun. There's just there's, there's so many interesting things to discuss with this generation. That's why it's so long.
0: There are. Well, I recommend people get your book. Gene Chwangi is the author. Thank you for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's 760 WJR.